You're listening to episode 51 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, Emily here, and welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast today. Today, I have a super special guest. We're talking to Lori Kennedy, all about the truth about entrepreneurship and really just calling bullshit on the entire idea that you can make six figures overnight. And I have to tell you, even if you are not a a business owner, even if you never plan on being a business owner, I think you're actually going to get a huge amount from this episode because Lori really talks to us a lot about just showing up as you are. And that's really important just in life, not only in business, but she does offer some incredible strategies for anyone looking to build a business, to become an entrepreneur, to be your own boss and to get out of the the constant cycle of the one-on-one clients and constantly trading time for money. So a little bit about Lori. Lori is actually the founder and CEO of the Wellness Business Hub, which provides professional training and personal development for health practitioners looking to build and grow their businesses online. She's also a mom. She has two foundational programs as well called the Wellness Business Academy and the Launch It Like a Boss Mastermind, both of which are really growing powerful communities of health leaders who are transforming the way healthcare is done all over the world. And she is also the host of the Business of Becoming podcast for entrepreneurs who want to build the business and life of their dreams on their own terms. I highly recommend checking them out, uh, checking out Lori's podcast, checking out all of the other things mentioned. It will all be located over in the show notes at roomtogrowpodcast.com. We cover a lot in this episode. Lori is being really real with us and giving us honestly, a a real life look into what it really takes to start and grow an online business, what you need to focus on to actually make money, all of these different areas and the qualities of successful entrepreneurs, having the grit to do the hard parts of building a business, the lies that we believe about the online space. And there are a lot of lies (laughs) and about ourselves that only work to hold us back. And Lori's even talking to us about the three top things to spend your energy on when you're just starting out and just showing up as who you are and appreciating who you are working with that rather than against it. There's some really, really powerful nuggets in this one. And I just absolutely love how honest and real Lori's message is. So I'm really, really excited to dive into this one and I'm not going to hold this up any longer. So here we go. I have the amazing Lori Kennedy here today. Lori, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited about this. So tell us a little bit about you, how you got started, what got you interested in the field and kind of how you ended up where you are now. Uh, so what got me started was, well, there was a couple of things. So I'll backtrack quite a bit. So, um, I didn't love being in high school and I didn't know in high school that there was such thing as like a dietitian, kinesiologist. Like I wasn't aware of anything basically. Um, I just knew that I needed to get out of high school as fast as possible. And so I, Uh, I left after four years and I moved on to university and in university, 
uh, I needed a job because I knew that when I was done, I wanted to travel the world. And I went to university in a French speaking province in Quebec and I'm from Toronto. Um, and I, I'm super lazy also. So I like things to be on my own terms and all of that good stuff. And I was working out at the YMCA and they had a certification to become a personal trainer. And so I got my first personal training certification when I was in university and the YMCA that I worked out at was English speaking. And so I got a job at the YMCA. And so that was my first like foray into health and fitness. Um, I'd grown up being a competitive dancer and a gymnast and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> so it was important to me, but it never occurred to me that it could be a career. Um, and so I did that and that got me through university and I traveled. And then when I came back, I got a job uh, building out a part of a 20,000 square foot fitness facility where I was in charge of the kids fitness center. And I had like a quarter of a million dollar budget and I was 24 years old and I had no idea what I was doing. And I was training clients also at a different gym. And um, I had previously suffered like a crazy digestive system issue where I saw doctor after doctor after doctor and a naturopath pretty much saved me. Uh, turns out I had crazy leaky gut and candida and all of that. Um, and, and so after working in fitness and then having this whole like nutrition thing happen to me over the course of like my university years and traveling and all of that, I realized, I realized that I wanted to go back and study nutrition. And so I did that and I graduated in 2006, 2007 and I left my school equipped with letters after my name. And I went and rented a chiropractic, a space in a chiropractic clinic um, and proceeded to uh, not have any clients, but build up a lot of debt <laughs> mm -hmm. and, you know, do the things that I was taught to do in school, which didn't work uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but that was really how I got into this. And over the course of the last decade, a little bit more than the last decade, my business has completely morphed because I was able to figure out how to make my nutrition practice work. Uh, so much so that my colleagues started asking me like, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Can you teach me what you're doing with your program? Like, how are you running a group program? How are you getting it into all of these gyms? Like, how are you getting it across Canada? Like, how are you doing that? And that really opened my eyes to a massive gap in the alternative health industry in general, not just for nutritionists and health coaches. Um, and, and that really organically morphed into what I'm doing now, which is working with all different types of alternative health professionals and coaches and teaching them really how to how to take their businesses online, how to leverage um, group programs, scale them and grow them and all of that good stuff. That is awesome. And, and there's so much to unpack there. There's actually, so I made a couple of notes because there's a couple of things I want to circle back to. But one of the things that I, I would love to ask you more about is scaling because a lot of us start with, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients or something like that. And, and most schools out there tend to teach that each person is, is very unique, which is all totally true. And that's that's a great place to start. 
but it can't be one-on-one all the time because then it's constantly time for money. And in order to then make more money, we have to give more of our time and there's only so many hours in the day. So how did you sort of start to, to scale your business a little bit and, and change the system a little bit? Yeah. So when I graduated in 2007, uh, I had just gotten married. I had a mortgage and I had my daughter in 2008. So that timeline is pretty tight. Um, and once I had her, uh, the gym that I was working for, that I was the nutritionist at, and I was still personal training, luckily had babysitting. So when she was, you know, I was three, four months old, I was bringing her and she was basically going into the babysitting in the mornings um, while I was seeing clients. Because when you're self-employed, you don't get mat leave. Um, versus in Canada, you know, people who are employed get a year off paid, basically. Um, and and but then I had to bring her home and I would leave her either with my mom or at the time my husband, I'm now divorced. Um, and I would go back to work at night um, to see the clients during their off time, which was my work time, which was, you know, four to nine, four to eight, five to seven, like five to eight, whatever those those times were. And I never did bedtime. I never did bath time. Like I never had dinner with my then husband. Um, it was a gong show basically. And I was exhausted and I was tired and I didn't like it. And not only that, I was not meeting my sales goals. So for any of you who are listening, who work in a place where, you know, it's not entirely for yourself, um, you have goals, sales goals that you have to meet. And I wasn't meeting them because I was selling one-off sessions, uh, for like 150 bucks. Um, and it got to the point where one day my sales manager uh, pulled me in and said, listen, like, you have to figure out how to sell packages. And I was like, but I can't. And she said to me, she's like, well, why not? And I didn't have a good answer for her. Like, it wasn't like, oh, because anything. It was just, I don't know how was really the answer. And so we sat down and we brainstormed and I watched her sell and I learned how to sell and I, and I figured it out and I thought, okay, well, you know, yes, everybody's unique. However, I'm repeating myself all the time. Like there are fundamentals that these women need to learn in order for them to get any result. And even before I could really personalize any type of protocol for them to begin with, um, you know, and I remember even thinking back then, this was like, you know, 2009, I remember thinking, these people aren't even ready for what I want to do with them on a personal sort of protocol level because they don't even drink water, right? They're not even eating meals three times a day. Like, would it be irresponsible of me to go any deeper with them if they're not even like eating fruits and vegetables and drinking water? Um, and so what I looked at was how, why are all these people, come, why are all these women coming to me? What's their biggest complaint? What do they want? And then what are the fundamental strategies that they need to learn and do in order for them to get the result that they want? And at the time, the only model that I had to go off was, was Weight Watchers. Um, and so I joined Weight Watchers and I was like, I need to learn what they're doing because they're running a weight loss program, a nutrition program at scale. So how are they doing it? Because there was no one at that time in 2009 that I was even aware of that was doing what I was doing, that was doing what I wanted to do. 
And so I joined Weight Watchers and I started participating in Weight Watchers and not because I agreed or disagreed with their philosophy. That's not why I was there. It was to walk, it was to understand their model and to look at it from the perspective of how can I take their framework and apply it to what I want to do. And then the other thing that I did was because I wasn't taught how to put together like a sequential curriculum program because that's just not what we were taught. That's not how anyone is taught really. Um, I went and I remember it was like the best time I would get a coffee and I would sit on the floor in chapters, which is our bookstore in Canada. And I would look at the table of contents of all the fat loss books because they had a model, right? They had a methodology. They had basically a curriculum within that fat loss book that I could model. And they're all the same, like all the fat loss books teach the same stuff for the most part. Um, maybe the recipes are different. Like if we're talking keto now, keto wasn't popular in 2009, <laughs> but you know, like they were all the same. So I was like, well, if they're all the same, then and Weight Watchers is the same. I don't need to recreate this. Right. Like, so I just modeled off what was already in existence because I wanted to be able to sell a group program because that's what they were selling PT as, like personal training, small group sessions. I was like, she's like, well, why can't you sell small group nutrition? And I came back with the whole, well, everybody's, everybody's, um, everybody's different and everybody needs, you know, their own individualized protocols. And she's like, but why? She kept saying to me, but why? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't have a good answer. It was kind of like the analogy of like, that's the way your mother did it. And that's the way your grandmother did it. And your great grandmother. So you need to do it too. But meanwhile, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like following the herd. Um, and so I just started to question the yeah, like, but why? And so I remember the first time that I ran it, I, I think I had like eight or nine people in the group and they loved it and they loved it because they loved being with each other. And I was able to see that it could work, that it could work and that I could not only could it work, but I could answer their questions and check their meal plans in that one hour time slot. So I had no at home sort of homework unpaid time. I could get it all done within that hour. And if I could do that with eight or nine people, there's no reason that I could do it with 12 or 15 or 20. Um, and so that's what my business became for seven years. I ran one program. Uh, and I ran it in a variety of different ways. And that was my nutrition practice. I think that that really speaks so strongly to, for one thing, a lot of the qualities that people need to have to really be an entrepreneur. Because what's coming to mind when you're talking about this is things like grit and being scrappy and actually doing the work and not expecting to just throw random things out into the world and, you know, hope, pray and, and cross all your fingers and toes that somebody might actually purchase it. You were actually doing the research to see what was working, to take a look at other, other massive companies like Weight Watchers. Again, whether you agree with them or, or you disagree with them, they are a massive company. They're everywhere and they've managed to do that. And there's always going to be like small ties that, that you can find to make work for you. I think that's one of the most important things out of that entire story. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. I remember going to like all of these different weight loss, pro these weight loss programs that were around They're No, they're probably all online now and going for like their sales pitches um, just to see how hard they were going to sell me. 
uh, because I had no idea what I was doing because I had never been taught that before. And I didn't know how I knew to go and do that. Like, I just was like, oh, well, they exist. So let me go, literally in my mind, I'm like, let me go copy what they're doing. Um, because I don't know what I'm doing. Because whatever it is that I'm doing isn't working. Uh, it's not working for my clients because I'm overwhelming them. It's not working for me in terms of being a new mom. And it's not working for my, <laughs> my boss because I'm not bringing in enough money. So I'm like, these places are, you know, they're rolling in dough. They're selling all these things. Like, how are they doing that? Yeah. And there's always going to be little small things that, that we can take and use in our own businesses. I mean, asking why too. Another thing that, that you mentioned was asking why. And I think that we always need to ask ourselves why we need to ask ourselves why, like to figure out our own purpose behind starting a business. I think that's really important too, because if we don't have that why now nailed down, we're not going to be able to help anyone. We have to be able to, to figure out why we're doing it a particular way. And if we're, if we're too set in our ways, we won't be able to see outside of that to figure out some of the ways that you managed to discover that you've made work for your own business. Yeah, I totally, I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, knowing how the industry is now versus how it was then, I had no sort of preconceived notions that I would make any money from it at all. I think people going in now are like, oh, you know, I tried this one thing this one time and I'm a failure because it didn't work. Like I had no, yeah, like no sort of set expectations that it would work at all. Like I knew I didn't know what I was doing and I knew that it was going to take a lot of trial and error in order to make it work. Absolutely. And I, I think you're absolutely right that there's so many misconceptions now about online business because we hear all these stories about people that are making, you know, six figures all the time or making millions of dollars. And, and we look at their business and we're like, oh, well, you know, I, I can do that. It can't be that hard. And we, we, for one thing, don't take a look at all of the back end work that goes into that. But I just feel like it's, it's everywhere being framed like this super easy endeavor with all these coaches promising all kinds of money right away. So what are some of the biggest issues that you see in the industry, particularly now that you're doing a lot of actual business coaching as well? Yeah, I definitely see like unrealistic expectations for sure. That's like the biggest thing where we see people and they're like, I launched this thing and I made two sales. I'm like, that's incredible. Like you made two sales on the internet, you know, or in your clinic, whatever it is. And I'm like, but that's your first thing that you ever did. Like it took me two years to make money. You know, it took me so long to really make, I remember like in two years, I think I had like a dozen clients over two years, you know, like paying me each a hundred bucks or whatever. Um, so I think having ridiculously unrealistic expectations um, is the first thing that really bothers me because the first time you do anything, like you should just be happy that you did it, you know, without the expectation that it's going to make you anything. And remember too, that like, these are people. So a lot of the times I'll see, I only made one sale. Sorry, hold on. I have something in my throat. Oh, that's okay. <coughs> can edit that out. <laughs> no problem. And they're like, I only made one sale. And I'm like, that's a person. 
Like that's an actual person that trusted you enough to give you their money in the hopes that you can help them feel better. So you put everything you got into that one person and you rock their world so that they go into the world and they tell 10 people about you because that's how it works, right? Especially when you're starting with zero email list, zero audience, zero influence. It takes time to build up credibility. It takes time to build up influence. The fact that you are completely new and you created something from scratch and you sold it, like that's huge, that's amazing. You know how many people don't even get to that point, right, where two years later, like they're still fiddling with their website? So that's amazing, and I think, you know, being really realistic with the expectations. And then the other thing too is really understanding your own personality and, and adjusting accordingly. And so what I mean by that is if you are someone who get super frazzled and super anxious all the time over everything, honestly, this might not be the right move for you because you have to, in order to succeed and in order to not burn out and in order to grow and thrive, like you can take nothing seriously because everything is a test and you will never, there will never be a point where you feel like you've arrived because then the stakes just get bigger and the goals get bigger and the responsibility gets bigger. So if it, you really need to check yourself, I think, um, in order to make sure like, is this right for me? Is, you know, talk to other people who've made six figures, who've made seven figures, ask them the real questions, you know, like get them to talk about what it's really like versus what you see on social media. Because I know having made both six and seven figures, right? And having made seven figures in consecutive years, so it's not a fluke that, you know, you have to have a, a level of resiliency and humor and grit in order to really get there because, you know, if you're freaking out at the first hop where like something didn't work, there's many years of that, <laughs> like many years of that coming. So you almost have to just like, you know, everything is, everything is a test. Nothing, you can take nothing too seriously because then you'd be freaking out about everything all the time. And that's not healthy for anyone. I, I'm almost laughing over here because I've totally been in every single place that you just mentioned, especially, I mean, really, the, sometimes we do have to actually take a step back and go, Oh my God, I just fucking sold somebody something on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, how cool is that? And this yeah. is the first time in history that that's even possible. So yeah. it's pretty amazing that we've actually reached that point. And then we get mad when it's only one and it's not nearly as many as we wanted it to be. <laughs> so funny. But I really like the, that you mentioned resiliency as well, because I think that's really, really important and that there is a real person on the other end. Actually, you mentioned a lot too. Um, you talk about playing an extrovert on social media when you're actually an introvert, which I also completely relate to. And I think that one of, one of the things that's really maybe important, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is also designing your business around your personality type in that way too. So you may be totally okay with mastering an online business and, and everything that's involved with that, but you might need to do it in a way that works with your personality rather than against it too. Yeah. 
I totally agree. And my friend, um, Dr. Jordan Robertson, who she's an ND, she says she calls herself a socially successful introvert. And I totally adopted that because I love it. I am a socially successful introvert because I can, I can, I can be amongst the people, um, for specific periods of time. And I also know when I've hit my wall, I've hit my wall. And so, yes, we have, I have very much created my business around that, but at the same time, like my love language is deep connection. Like quality time is my love language. And so a part of my business includes in-person events because as much as I can do Facebook lives and I can do Instagram stories and I can do all of that, there is no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, I need in-person connection for a short period of time, right? <laughs> so we have in-person days with one of my programs. We host a yearly annual event where we get together for a period of time. Um, I often do like other workshops. I go to conferences because I need to be around my people. I need to be around people who think like me, who behave like me, who act like me, um, who have ambitions like me where I can just completely be myself. Um, and I've structured that into my business. Um, you know, do I, did I work one-on-one -on -one with clients for a very long time? Of course, in my nutrition business and also in my business coaching business. Um, I worked with one-on-one -on -one clients up until the end of 2016, mid 2017. And then I don't do any one-on-one -on -one work anymore because I got to a place where with my clients that I could turn what I was doing into a group program. And I believe that, you know, if you don't have any client experience at all, it's beneficial to go and get some before you decide to like fully, you know, automate everything. Yeah, I think that's really valuable advice for sure, because it's, I, I, I hear that a lot. And, and again, it's sort of one of those misconceptions that I think that people getting into the business will look up to uh, people like you and anyone who has, who's reached those bigger revenue numbers and look at what your offering is and go, Oh, well, Lori only offers group coaching. So if I want to make all the money, I should only do group coaching too. <laughs> and I think it is really valuable to have that, that one-on-one -on -one first, because that's where you really get to know sort of your style of coaching too, that you can then apply in, in a better way to the group coaching. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you can do that in a group model, like we call it beta testing, like you can put together a methodology in a group program having no client experience. But before you go and like launch it to the world, run a beta test, like put five to 10 people through it, get their feedback. Don't just do all the work in isolation and put it out into the world, cross your fingers and hope it sells. Like that doesn't <laughs> work. So true. And you actually, since you mentioned uh, in-person events too, which I completely agree with, this is, um, I'm in my first like six months of full-time entrepreneurship and I'm also an introvert, but I am definitely finding that I, if I go too long without talking to people, I start to go a little bit crazy. <laughs> so I can't, uh, I, I definitely can't promote enough any type of in-person event. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about the Wellness Business Summit. Yeah, so the Wellness Business Summit, I describe it as like my third baby. <laughs> um, it started in 2013 as a one-day event um, that I 
I decided like six weeks prior, eight weeks prior that I was going to host this thing because I had gone to a live event. I'm from Toronto. I'd flown across, you know, the, the country out of the country to a different country to California um, to attend a live event that 100% changed the trajectory of my life. Um, and I give those, those people, it was the fitness business summit. And I give, uh, Bedros, who was the guy who hosted it, like all that credit because it's true. Um, I think until you've sat in a physical room, not been on a webinar, but until you've sat in a room with like-minded and like-hearted people and heard what's possible for you, you don't quite believe it. And there's just something magical about being at a live event where you are in this like vortex. You're in this conference room for days at a time with people who want what you want, who think like you think, who behave like you think for the most part. Um, and you just, you get exposed to new ideas. You get exposed to possibilities. You get shown things that you had no awareness of before. And so for me, back in 2012, when I had gone to that event, um, I was along, like, that was before I had any online anything. And I was, you know, pretty maxed out in terms of my capacity for my nutrition business. And, you know, the program was in nine different gyms. And I had different people all across the country running my program. Um, and I was just tapped out. And I was like, I need to blow this up. I don't know how. And so I took that risk. And I went there. And so what I had decided was there's nothing like this for my people. Cause I was all fitness. I was in a room with like all dudes, like bro, do you even lift kind of dudes. And I was like, no, no, like I need something for me and my girlfriends. <laughs> we're not like in, you know, tank tops walking around with like that, you know, jug of water um, and protein bars. It was like more on the alternative health sort of woo woo side. Um, more nutrition based and, and sort of that kind of thing. And I thought I need to put this together for my community because I need to have them experience what I just went through. Cause I can't be the only one. Like I can't be the only registered holistic nutritionist to like feel this way. And so I did, I put it together and we ran it for the first time in 2013. Um, we've run it every year since I actually took a break in 2018 uh, just because life circumstances happened and I just was like, you know what, I need a rest because planning uh, a live event is a six to seven month thing. Um, but we're back this year and I'm so excited about it. Um, and it's happening in June. So it's June 6th to the 8th, 2019 in Toronto. We have an amazing lineup of speakers, but more, I don't want to say more importantly than the speakers, it's so important to put yourself in a physical setting with other people who think like you and want what you want so that you can feel um, normal, so that you can feel normal. Because most of us out in the world don't feel, quote unquote, normal, right? We're, we're either like too health obsessed or we are too business obsessed. Like there's, we're always too something. We're too much for someone. And in a setting like this, you're not too much for anyone. You're just normal. Um, and so that's the best part about it. And you're just, you're exposed to all of these possibilities and you're exposed to new ideas and you're exposed to the how to strategies where you're like, okay, but how that's what you're exposed to for, for a three day period. Um, and so I'm super excited 
to be running it again. It's like family to me. It's like my third baby. We plan it for seven months. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell. I love that your passion comes through so much. And and it sounds like an absolutely incredible event. And, And I think it also really says something that sometimes we need to be okay with asking for help. And sometimes something like an, an in-person event is that exact right thing. Because frankly, I always feel like nobody understands what I do <laughs> unless it's someone else in the online space. Yeah. And, and then it just becomes exhausting to even start trying to explain it to somebody because you, you can't possibly go through every detail of it and you just need somebody else who, who understands. And yeah. that alone builds a huge amount of connection that is invaluable both, even if it's just a friendship or maybe it's a great business connection, whatever it is, it is totally, totally invaluable. Yeah, completely. And the other thing too is like, you know, you don't have to justify anything to anyone. When you are in that setting, whether you come to the Wellness Business Summit or you go to any other type of event where you're with your people, like you don't have to, you don't have to disclaim, you don't have to justify why you like working on a Saturday night or your level of ambition or why you modify every menu. Like you don't have to justify it, which is I think so relieving for three days. You're just like in this bubble and it's amazing. Love it. That is awesome. Well, and for anyone who is sort of just starting out like first year or two of of business or entrepreneurship, what is, I I know we covered this a little bit, but what, what the hell do people focus on first? (laughs) Because it can seem so overwhelming and if we're, you know, people who are trying to juggle full-time jobs at the same time as you're starting a side hustle or juggling kids, like I know you were as well, it can feel totally overwhelming and like the to-do list never ends. So if we were going to, you know, just list like three things that would be the top things to focus on if you're just starting, what would that look like for you? So first and foremost, I would get rid of anything that you, you know, should or perfection. So I would just start talking, giving away tips. Who cares if it's not perfect, long or short? Should I do it in the morning or the afternoon? Stop asking those questions. They don't matter. Like any kind of like, should I just do it? Um, Start talking about whatever it is that you want to talk about. You don't know your niche yet? That's fine. Tell people what you ate for breakfast. Tell people how you worked out today. Tell them what sports bra you're wearing. That's all anybody cares about anyway. And so just start talking, get into the habit for yourself, create a discipline for yourself to create content every single day, whether you're working full time or not, you can take five minutes and put up a social media post. You know, you can bring your phone into the bathroom when you're peeing, right? I literally used to do that. <laughs> I used to do that too. I, I, I still do that. Like I have two kids. Like we're, I still, right? So get into the discipline of not caring and just doing it. Um, every, every single day, seven days a week with no excuse. Well, I have to work and I don't know what to post. Those are, it's all bullshit. Just put it out there. If you can get over yourself, you will be successful, right? It's the people that don't get over themselves that never do anything because they're so worried about what everybody thinks. So that's number one. That's what I would say. Number one. And then number two, start paying attention to what your niche and your ideal client could be um, versus you trying to appease and appeal to everybody. 
So maybe you already know what that is, but if you don't, then I would start paying attention to what do you like to talk about? Who are the kinds of people personality wise, symptom wise that you actually want to work with? Like for me, it was always that menopausal woman. Like I felt for her, the woman who like, you know, shrank when she walked into a room because she felt so insecure about her body. Like that's who I wanted to work with. Um, and even now, um, with my, with my coaching business now, I know exactly the type of clients that I want to work with and we talk only to them. And if other people want to hang out with us, that's totally cool. Um, but I'm not talking to them and if they resonate with the message, great. Um, so that's number two, I would say, start paying attention to who's engaging with you and who's asking you questions and what you like and what you don't like so that you can start to define your niche and your ideal client and, and the problem that you're going to solve for them because your entire business is set up to basically solve your ideal client's problems and not to worry about anyone else. And then the third thing would be build an email list. And I know social media is super popular, but at the end of the day, the anchor in your business is going to be your email list. That's where the sales come. That's where you can measure definitively. That's where you get your metrics, build an email list. So create a lead magnet, create a really good piece of content, like, you know, five tips to sleeping through the night. That's fluff. That's vanilla. Like you can Google that, but what is, what are the actual strategies that you use in your life to get yourself to sleep every night? Like that's what people want to know. And so create a really good piece of content that you can give away for free so that you can start building your email list because that is your audience. Those are the people that are going to become clients. Yes, social media is important, but that's, you know, if you only have so much time in the day, that's where I would focus. I think that's such great advice to just kind of cut through the bullshit and just get to the really important core stuff that matters so much. Yeah, especially when your time is limited. And, and to be honest, like, you know, there's a way to use social media that you have to learn. But the only way for you to learn that is to start putting out content in the first place. Exactly. Taking action leads to taking more action. Yes. And, but we have to take the action or <laughs> to get there because otherwise we're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs, falling into the comparison trap, looking at everyone around us going, oh, I wish I could do that and then never doing anything about it. <laughs> totally. And one of the, one of my most favorite sort of mantras or sayings is action alleviates anxiety. And it's so true. I mean, even for myself, you know, when I start to feel overwhelmed, which for me shows up as anxiety and I start to get like a little panicky, I'm like, you know, two things, one, change my physical state. So I'll go for a walk Two, what action can I take now? You know, what one task can I do not make a to-do list? because I probably already have five of those, you know, like what's one thing I can actually do? Is it creating that social media post? Is it writing the email? Is it, is it filming the video? Like, what can I do? Just get started. So good. And I, I really live by that as well. Like action, action over anxiety always, even if it's just the smallest little thing, I, I can almost start to feel the anxiety leaving my body. If I just take that one tiny step and sometimes that's all it takes. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> totally. Totally. What is something that you, what, what do you wish someone had told you before you went into business for yourself? Oh, there's so many things. The first thing is you have to be in charge of figuring it out for yourself. 
Mm, yes. No one is going to hand me the keys to the kingdom. No one is going to like anoint me. No one is going to have me up on my state on their stage unless I ask. Like I am in charge of figuring it out and I am in charge of my own success or not. Um, and it's up to you. Like it's up to you. I always thought like, oh, I have letters after my name and oh, I know this knowledge. So therefore people would just flock to me. That's not how it works at all. And even now with the, the, the large community that I have in the audience, like I'm still driving it. You know, it's much easier now for sure because I have vault, like I have a, a good, a good size audience and I've built trust with them. But, you know, the dollars don't just magically appear in my bank account. Like I have to make that happen. Everything that has happened is because I made it happen in one way or another. It's never, it's never just like, oh, like success dropped out of the sky. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> So true. And I love that too. I, I always kind of tell myself that and I tell other people that like, no one's coming to save you. No. You, you have to do it yourself. You, you have to be your own white knight in shining armor because yeah. no one is just going to come and save you. You have to do this yourself. And in order to do it, you have to start taking action. Like you have to get up and start doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been so many times over the last decade where I was like, you know, sweating profusely doing the thing because I felt so either uncomfortable or insecure or afraid that they were, I was going to be like a laughing stock. But the pain of staying the same for me has always been 10 times greater than any rejection or any failure that I could ever have. Like for me, the thought that I am not growing both personally and professionally is like, is, is like strangle. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Like I feel strangled, like I can't breathe. And so my only option then to be able to breathe is to do the things that I need to do to create that momentum and that growth. Girl, you're speaking my language over here. <laughs> I love this. I, it's, it, I love what you said about the pain of staying the same is, is worse than just putting yourself out there. And, and the worst part is that no one else is probably looking to call you out either. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons I think people are afraid yeah. of online business, right? Is that like we're, we're terrified of somebody else calling us out. It's hardly ever going to happen. And once it does, you're probably just going to be, well, you're going to be totally fine. But by the time anyone even gives enough shit to start watching you, you're probably going to be big yeah. enough by then that yeah. it's not going to be an issue. Like you will have already built up enough confidence that it will be fine. You can handle yeah. it. Totally. And you know what, I, even now, like no one's paying attention to me, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> and so it's really just up to me, right? Like no one's watching being like, Oh my God, she just screwed up. Like, no, no one's watching. No one. <laughs> that Facebook live, she stumbled over a word. What's going on? <laughs> I, I, you know what? And it's like, I, and I think the other thing too, it's really important, like show up as you are, because I am a legit gong show. Like, <laughs> Our, my son comes on everything I do, you know, like I built a business around who I am because it was too exhausting to pretend to be any other way, like greasy hair, no makeup, same shirt three days in a row because that's who I am. And I had to show up that way because like I said, it's just, it's, it was too tiring for me to like, remember to change my shirt. Um, and I think that's really important too. It's like, you have to show up as you are because I, like everything else is so exhausting that like, 
pretending to be a certain way, like proper and professional for me is exhausting. I am not proper and I am not professional. Um, but that doesn't mean that I am not successful because I am. So if I, I like, I feel like I set the expectation really low so that it's okay then. Well, exactly. And, and honestly, that's the kind of stuff that builds a brand anyway, because it makes you a real person. Like yeah. no one can relate to, to the woman. I'm sure these women exist. I don't know what magical world they live in, but these, these, you know, perfect creatures that are like always done up perfectly in a different outfit every day, totally perfect, totally put together. And we, no one feels like, like we can relate to that in everyday life. So it's better for your business too, to just show up as you are and actually be the real version of you. I think, and you know what, in all fairness to those women, like that's who they are and that's cool for them. Like that's absolutely the most comfortable. Like that's amazing for them. I just, I tried for so long to hold myself to that and it was exhausting. And I'm like, I am not this person. So what made it easier for me to show up every single day was to just not care and be the gong show that I am, <laughs> right? The like person who shows up late for like her own webinar because my son, you know, called me from school that he wants to come home, like whatever that is, like that's, that's my life. I can't change that. I don't want to. And so this is just, it is what it is. Yeah. And being real. Absolutely. That's, that's really what's going to, to have people relate to you the, the most and you're going to attract the people who can relate to you. And it's just a perfect system that way. It all just ties together. Yeah, completely. So Lori, where can we find you? So you can find me on Instagram. That's my preferred platform of choice. Um, at Lori Kennedy Inc. on Instagram. And then you can also go to thewellnessbusinesshub.com. Uh, and find the podcast and find information about the wellness business summit and just all things, um, wellness business hub are, are on that website. Love it. Awesome. All of that will definitely be uh, linked over in the show notes at room to grow podcast.com. And one final question is if you could offer people any one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? I would just say acknowledge the things that are holding you back, hire a therapist and work through them. Because I think that's amazing advice. <laughs> you, can, you can have all the strategy in the world and you can work with the best coaches and you can, you know, have your funnels in place and all of that stuff. But if you don't believe that success is possible for you, if you're caught up in the whole cultural norms of however you grew up and that's blocking you, you're going to feel so frustrated and you're not really going to understand why. And so I, you know, learning the business side is easy. Dealing with your own mindset, that's the hard part. And so if, if your goal is to really be successful, you got to face your own stuff um, quickly and, and, and learn your triggers and learn how to cope with the dark moments because there will be a lot of them. Um, and you can't just like pack up shop and leave because <laughs> it's your business. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we're the ones that have to show up for our businesses every day because nobody else is going to. So if we want to be successful, I, I think that's really solid advice to actually figure out what's holding us back and, and go, go from there, actually work through it. Yeah. I love it. Lori, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time. And I just 
really love what, what you do. I absolutely love your podcast. So everyone make sure to go check out uh, Lori's podcast, Business of Becoming. And yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> So many amazing takeaways in this episode with Lori. She just has an incredible message and there's so many amazing things that she shared here that can be really easy to forget, such as, you know, having a business online means that we get to sell things to people on the internet. And I mean, quality things, obviously, we always want to be giving the absolute highest quality, but when we're disappointed that we maybe didn't get as many sales as we thought, it's less about beating ourselves up over it. And it's more about picking yourself up and getting back out there again, and maybe perfecting the message, maybe, you know, reaching out to a new audience, getting scrappy, finding some, some new ways to build upon and improve upon what you've already got. And I think Lori did a really beautiful job at explaining all of that and really showing how she did the dirty work. She got in there and she really explored all kinds of different avenues to come up with something that works for her, that works for her life and has allowed her to create the life that she wants on her own terms, which is exactly how she portrays her own message. So I hope that you got so much out of this. It was a, such a great episode. And for anything mentioned here in the show notes, make sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. You can find Lori there, all the places, everything will be listed over there. And we will talk to you again on Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.